Good morning, I'm Tom Robbins, and this is Precision Talk, brought to you by HTS Ag. That number is 800-741-3305. We're joined by the general manager, HTS Ag, Adam Gens. Adam, good morning. Good morning, Tom. Well, you were at uh, the commercial UAV Expo here recently, and tell us about this expo. What did you see? What did you learn? What's new? Tom, it feels good to be back in Iowa. I was out last <laughs> week in Las Vegas, and day one of the commercial UAV Expo starts off Outside of town, out in the desert, uh, it was 118 or 119, mm. I believe. And we were outside doing some uh, flight demos. So all the different manufacturers bring their aircrafts in. We got to see um, drones from manufacturers we currently carry, some new drones that they're bringing to market. I got to see a drone that has a, a little gas engine on it for a generator and can fly eight continuous hours My goodness. without having to come back and land. Uh, one of the other really neat ones we got to see fly was, um, it, it's kind of hard to describe, but I'm going to call it a unicopter, because it has a single propeller that spins and just kind of a cylinder that hangs down from this propeller and a payload or camera of, of sorts on the bottom of it. Um, super quiet, really lightweight, uh, handled wind tremendously. It was just a, a really neat and unique aircraft, uh, a form factor I had never seen anything before. And then, of course, there were the fixed-wing aircrafts, the vertical takeoff and land aircrafts that transition to fly like a fixed-wing or an airplane mm. once they get in the air, and uh, just so many other things. That, uh, that conference, of course, carried through for three days. So day two and day three were uh, back into the hotel and lots and lots of really great sessions. We got to hear from Amazon Air, Drone Up, and several others that are doing drone deliveries today and just what all is going on in the industry. We got to hear directly from the FAA and so many other people. And I'm real proud to uh, to share, I got to actually speak at this conference mm. with 4,100 attendees registered and talk about drones and agriculture. And so that was the final day of the conference. And just a, just an absolutely fantastic experience. Get to understand and know what's going on in the industry, see the latest new cool things that are happening, and uh, get to share a little bit of what we know and what we've been working on over the past several years. Well, Adam, speaking of uh, drones and their use in agriculture, the uh, spray drone has really become more and more popular, I guess. I mean, I remember when this thing kind of first came out. We were watching, uh, you know, videos on Twitter. Wow, look at this. Now uh, it's starting to um, take off, uh, no pun intended there, but uh, talk about the, the spray drones. And then, of course, there's some things that uh, the operator needs to know, right? Yeah, Tom, and this was a really hot topic last week. It was one that I had talked about and several others uh, as we worked through this. Um Spray drones, the technology has just gotten really, really good. We've got the ability to have bigger drones, if that's the desire, carry bigger payloads, cover more acres. And then also we've even got the ability with some of the smaller drones, and I guess the bigger ones too, to be able to apply for a waiver and fly them in swarm. In other words, we could have, uh, with the the manufacturer we work with, we can run up to four drones off of one control setup. Mm. And so you think about efficiencies picking up in, in ways that we just a few years ago hadn't even hardly imagined. But the, the big challenge and one of the, the stats that came up that was alarming is that uh, over 90% of the spray drones in the U S today are being flown illegally. And it's, 
it's alarming to me because uh, ignoring the rules and just going out and flying the spray drone without the proper credentials to do so uh, has a, a real bad uh, outcome in my mind. We could upset the whole industry in that we could actually see the regulations tighten down even more and they could get you know, banned or, or something to that effect. So I think it's important that we try to follow the regulations that are out there. And it is not a quick process to be able to get the, the correct permits and licenses to be able to go spray with a drone. But it is not a difficult process either if you just continue to step through it. Um, we have the process pretty well down. We've been through uh, the lion's share of it ourselves, even though we don't need to. Um, you know, we are not actively spraying any chemicals. We are just, uh, with the drones we have, we go out and demo the drone to be able to show people what it works like. So we're spraying water. Uh, that being said, we felt it was important to understand what that process was, so we've we've stepped through that and, and really have a decent understanding of what it takes to be able to go spray with a drone, and can certainly help uh, help guys through that. So, if if guys have questions on that, because it's such a long process, if you're thinking about spraying with a drone next year, we probably need to be get start get started on that here in the next month or two, um, just so we can make sure we get through all of the hurdles because. Again, it's not terribly difficult, but you submit paperwork to the FAA and then you wait, and then you move on to the next step, and then you wait. And so, it, it you really need to start early to be able to handle it for next year. Good advice. Also, uh, combines are starting to roll a few, and um, then we're going to see a lot of them going here in a week or so. Uh, talk about combine preparation and uh, what HTSI can do for their clients here. For sure, Tom. Uh, this is one of the most important times of the year to be able to collect really good quality data. Of course, the calibration is the, the basis of that, the foundation, to be able to get good data. And before we even go to the field and calibrate, there's a few things that we can check over to make sure that the combine is and the sensors are in as good a shape as we can get them. Um, we certainly can do an on-site service visit. You can give us a call, and we'd be happy to get one of those scheduled for you. Get one of our guys out to your place and look the machine over, update firmware, and make sure it's field ready. Or a few quick things to go look for yourself. Uh, one thing I always like to go look at, check the date and time on your display, and this goes across pretty much any display. If the date and time is set correctly, um, we're probably in pretty good shape. If it's not, either fix it or check and see why it's not. Maybe we had a dead battery in the monitor some sign that we need to work on it. Next would be check the temperature and moisture reading on the uh, on the display. If we've got a good temperature reading, that's a pretty good sign that the moisture sensor is working properly. Once you get to the field, you can calibrate moisture, and then you can calibrate weight, and we're pretty well off to the races. And so just a couple of very quick, simple things to check can uh, ensure that we get good quality data collected, and we've got that information as we move in to the 2023 crop. Awesome. Adam, thank you. Anything else you'd like to add today? Well, Tom, as always, you can uh, find us on Facebook, yeah. Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, at HTSAG. Uh, you can find us on the web at www.htsag.com, or give us a call at 800-741-3305. Excellent. Adam Gibbons joining us. Adam, thank you very much. You have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Tom. That's Adam Gittins, the general manager of HTSAG. We'll just see you next Friday morning right here on KSOM.